to St. John's Sermons, a podcast from St. John's Lutheran Church, North Prairie, Wisconsin, a congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. We offer this podcast with the loving encouragement to use it as a supplement to your own regular reception of the Lord's gifts of forgiveness and life in word and sacrament on the Lord's day. The Lord bless your hearing of these sermons. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Let's try to keep this simple today. There was a bunch of Greeks who came to Philip, wanting to see Jesus. These were Greeks who had come up to the Passover feast. These were Gentiles who had an interest in Jewish religion. These were Greeks. They had a long history written in the pages of Greek mythology with which they were very familiar. And in that Greek mythology there were gods, plural. And those gods were as vain as human beings. But then in later years, especially the last 300 years or so before Jesus would show up, Greece had done an about-face and had moved away from its gods into heady, philosophical meanderings. The names of Socrates, Plato, Aristotle, and a number of other lesser Greek philosophers come to mind here. So by the time Jesus shows up, I would argue the average Greek is not so sure about gods and probably a little confused too as to which philosophical school, and by now there were many, although at Jesus' time the two dominating ones were Epicureanism, the eat-and-be-merry crowd, and Stoicism, the uh, uh, it's-all-going-to-come-to-an-end crowd. So you may as well just uh, not enjoy anything in life. But the average Greek at this time in history is torn between not, not really thinking very highly of God and not really being sure which pathway to follow as you travel through life. These Greeks are curious about Jesus for a reason that you don't see in our text, but I think is made manifest just in the verses earlier. Jesus goes through the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. He rides in on a donkey. And it's one of the few stories that John tells us that intersect with all three other Gospels. Our Wednesday morning crowd knows that when Jesus does that, or when John does that, when John sort of tells a story that we know from the other three Gospels as well, John always gives us a couple details that are not in the other Gospels that really help. And probably... It's one of those details that's got the Greeks really curious about this guy named Jesus. Oh, sure, they might have heard about him before. I'm not so sure they suspect he's a god. But when Jesus was entering into Jerusalem in the Gospel of John, he was run ahead by runners, by announcers, by people who were proclaiming he was coming. And they were telling one story, and one story only. The story from John chapter 11. This man, 
raised Lazarus from the dead. John tells us that that was the message that brought the crowds out in the first place on that first Palm Sunday. Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead. And these Greeks had probably heard that. And they had to process all that through what they knew or probably didn't know. Or maybe were even suspicious they didn't know and understand. They had to process that through the fact that one of the reigning philosophies of the land is eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die, and then it's done. Well, it wasn't just done for Lazarus. They had to process that through Stoicism. We're all going to die. So we may as well just accept the fact and go through life with flat voices acting like there's no real reason to get excited about anything. These are the Wisconsinites who don't appreciate the fact that the Badgers made the second round. (laughs) And then they had to look at their own so-called gods. And we'll use the word so-called here because did you hear that Old Testament word? Where God in Deuteronomy 32, the Lord Yahweh tells Israel, there is no God beside me. They all bow at my And as far as they knew, they couldn't think of one of their Greek gods raising a man from the dead. You see how confusing we make things? It's no different today. We have to process this Jesus through all of our life experience too and all of our expectations of God and all those things we want God to do for us and that He never seems to do. We have to process all of that in the face of expectations that you and I have that are nowhere near the expectations the Father had placed on us. In many ways, one could argue that these expectations are far greater. Wouldn't it be great if God zapped us all and we were all millionaires right here on the spot? Like as if we'd won a game show. But he doesn't do that. Wouldn't it be great if by knowing God and by praying to him, we were, you know, the the cupboard was always full We never had to worry about, you know, stretching out a paycheck to the next paycheck. We never had to worry about all the daily worries that sort of preoccupies. We didn't have to worry about retirement. That's taken care of. But that is not necessarily the way God operates. Wouldn't it be great if none of us ever died? That we could live forever and feel as good on on our 180th birthday as we did on our 25th. But that too, God is not necessarily granted to us. So why follow the Lord? One could argue that all those expectations are far greater than what God the Father threw on His Son, but that is simply not true. They are far less than what God the Father expected of His Son. 
He didn't expect his son to be a slot machine in the sky. He expected his son to be a savior and a messiah. And when Philip and Andrew come and tell Jesus that there are these Greeks out there who are mightily confused and want to see him. And when today, you and I, who live in this confusing world that throw all sorts of expectations on God and one another that we have no business putting on God and one another. When Jesus comes into our presence, he sees that same confusion. And then he makes it very, very simple. So simple that it cuts through all the other smoke that the Greeks were probably struggling with that the people of Jerusalem were struggling with the minute Jesus came into the place on Palm Sunday. And it cuts through all the smoke of our daily lives as well. And it is smoke. This is smoke with no real fire, except the fire of hell. I'll give you something to see, Jesus says. Imagine a God who would come to earth and take on human flesh, that in and of itself would probably cause a Greek mind to explode. Zeus is too good for that. Poseidon, too good for that. All the great gods are too good for that. And Allah is not going to do it either. He hasn't done it, and he won't ever do it. Imagine a God who would come to earth and just take on human flesh. That, in and of itself, is mind-boggling. But then imagine that that Son of God in human flesh would ride triumphantly into the capital city of God's people on a Imagine that there's no conquering army behind him. And only a few messengers in front of him who are bringing the crowds out saying, this man raised someone from the dead. And then above all, imagine a God who in human flesh, the Son of God, would on Thursday night totally take on the role of a slave, of a servant, and prepare a meal for his disciples. For his followers in that upper room, he would go to all the lengths that the Jewish law required of the Seder meal. He would take care of all of it. He would fulfill that law, even though he's about to abolish it, fulfill it, and then abolish it. But he doesn't. Not because he's into uh, um, overbearing obligations to the law. He does it because he loves his disciples. And then in the middle of it, he takes a little part of it and changes it. Takes bread and says, this is my body. Takes wine and says, this is my blood. And here's the new covenant, the new deal. God's new deal. A God that is not going to demand perfection from you. Even though you and I often demand perfection from but a God is going to offer you a gift. The forgiveness of sins in Christ's body and blood. And then, taking what he had created with the words of his mouth, 
taking the cash that was in his hands and sticking it right in his mouth where his mouth was. The next day, he mounted a cross. Nails and spear drove him through. And he died. What's very, very interesting is that the narrative drops, in John chapter 12 here, drops the Greeks from the minute they make the request. The Greeks said they want to see Jesus. Philip goes and tells Andrew. Philip and Andrew go and tell Jesus. But we don't know that the Greeks ever met him. We don't know that the Greeks got to see the end of the story. We know nothing about what they learned out of this. Maybe this was too much for them. And in truth, maybe we ought to contemplate the reality that this is too much for us as well. A God who would do this. I'll give you something to see. Quite simple. A Savior. A Messiah. A Son of God who doesn't act like God. Who takes on the death of a criminal. And who even while dying as a criminal, looks a fellow criminal says, today, you will be with me in paradise. Would Zeus do that? Would Allah do that? Would any of the so-called small g gods of man-made invention? At the end of our text, there's a comment that's made. He jumps off the page. Beginning at verse 42. Nevertheless, many even of the authorities believed in Jesus. Even the higher-ups were starting to believe in Jesus. But, for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it, so that they would not be put out of the synagogue. And here's the interpretative key. For they love the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. Zeus was made up by human beings. Allah was made up by human beings. And when human beings start to write out and invent gods, they never invent a God who loves people enough to go to a cross and die for them. This is why Jesus says in John chapter 14, two chapters later, in the upper room, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you've ever had doubts, are you following the right God? Let me tell you something. When you go back out that door, if you want to go try out someone else, I can promise you this. He will not deliver. He will not deliver what this God delivers. He will not deliver what you can get in this building every Sunday. He doesn't love you enough, whoever that to go and die for you. And he doesn't love you enough to not even let a grave separate him from you. And he doesn't love you enough to be here faithfully every Sunday, giving out his gifts of forgiveness in life, so that you do not have to doubt, you do not have to worry. You, you can know that if today is your last day, you know where you are going. You know who you belong to. You know whose you are. A challenge. Go try it. It won't work. Jesus heard about these Greeks and he said, I'll give you something else. Suffering, shameful death, and resurrection. 
victory over the greatest enemies you and I face every day. And as he told David, through the prophet Nathan, after David's shameful sin with Bathsheba, and if that weren't enough, I'll give you everything else as well. The food on the table, the bodies that you have, the work that you have, the purpose that you have, the vocations that you fill up, So let's keep it simple, everybody. There's no other way to understand Jesus than the way you're going to see it this week. Than the way you're going to see it on Thursday night. Than the way you're going to see it on Good Friday. And then the way you're going to see it on Easter Sunday. That's Jesus, the Son of God. That's Jesus, the Savior. That's Jesus, the one who puts you ahead of himself. He's not like the vain Greek gods. He's not like the vain modern gods. He's all about he comes second to you. Which means that in your life today, your return of praise, your offering, your prayers, your thanksgivings, you come second to that. Ain't none of us can do what he did. And there is no other God beside him. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We'll sing the sermon here. This podcast is a service of St. John's Lutheran Church in North Prairie, Wisconsin. For more information, including locations, service times, and links to other Lutheran agencies, please visit our website at www.stjohnsnp.org. That's www.stjohnsnp.org. Theme music performed by Mr. Philip Magnus.